This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening. Got a great program lined up for you today. Uh, got a couple of executive directors of bowl games. Not often that uh, you have a situation like that. We'll have uh, Brett Delaney, the executive director of the St. Petersburg Bowl, coming up at 1020. Uh, New Orleans Bowl executive director Billy Ferrante coming up at 1030. And then also we'll have America's best not tight end, Evan Ingram, on at 1040 from uh, Ole Miss, um, first team All-American. I'm sure he's going to be first team All-SEC. He already has been named by the coaches as first team All-SEC. Yeah. I saw that. It came out a couple of days ago. And um, not Mackey Award finalist. That goes to the best tight end. Uh, I think we he, mentioned that he, last uh, week. He did win the award. Um, that was the best tight end award yesterday given out that he did win the Ozzie Newsome Award or something like that. Oh, I like him better anyway. Um, I don't know who John Mackey is. <laughs> I'll have to look that up because I, I he's probably he was probably really good, but I had that written down, but uh, I cannot find my paper in here as we we uh, have we we lost all our lights in here. Uh, <laughs> in here, Jay. He's also the first Ole Miss player to be named All SEC four straight seasons. Yeah, I saw that as well. Um, so uh, he uh, he had a a very very uh, solid career for the Ole Miss Rebels. He did really good year this year. You know, last year uh, a lot of things expected from him, and he was kind of streaky. I think a lot of that is because there was a lot of focus on him. But this year, uh, despite whatever anybody tried to do, he was a big part of the offense, uh, most consistent receiver. All right, so uh, plenty of things to get into. Uh, first, I guess we should mention that uh, two Mississippi teams are going to go to bowl games. As we mentioned, we're going to have the executive director of the St. Petersburg Bowl, Mississippi State. Despite its five and second, five and seven record, is going to play the Miami uh, University of Ohio Red Hawks in the St. Petersburg Bowl. It's going to be a 10 a.m. start the day after Christmas, December 26th. So uh, breakfast with the Bulldogs is uh, how that will be. I'm sure that'll be a, a, a an interesting trip, uh, a Christmas in Tampa Bay for Bulldog fans who make the trip. Uh, Southern Miss is going to play on the 17th, and that's uh, almost the other end of the day, at 8 p.m. start for that game. It's going to be in the uh, Mercedes-Benz um, Superdome there uh, where Southern Miss is going to play Louisiana Lafayette, or as they like to be called, Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. They don't, right. to, they don't want to claim their city. There's actually just we have, the state. We have a little breaking news, Jay. All right, you so wanna, yeah, you want to hit the? You want, we can hit the uh, absolutely the breaking news here. Uh, Ole Miss has announced this morning. Speaking of teams not going to a bowl game, Dan Werner and uh, and Coach Barney will not return next season on Ole Miss's football staff. So offensive and defensive coordinators will be new next season, as well as uh, a new, uh, I guess, recruiting guru. Yeah, as uh, as uh, Coach Barney has been. Uh, will not be reta- uh, retained for uh, next season. I'm, I think a lot of that is uh, – I think people assumed that he would not be back maybe with some of this NCAA stuff, or at mm-hmm. least it was a question, and uh, the an- the question has been answered. So, and a that's, lot of uh, that's Barney uh, Farrar. Farrar, 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 yeah. Yeah, 
Barney Fife. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> not him. He's not on that. He's not on that show. Uh, you got a nip in the butt. Yeah. So many jokes. So little time. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of things to dig into today. We're going to have uh, Brett Delaney from the St. Petersburg St. Petersburg Bowl on around ten twenty. Billy Ferrante, the New Orleans Bowl, around ten thirty. Evan Ingram, the Ole Miss All-American not traditional tight end on around 1040. And I keep referencing that over and over again. Almost fans might be getting tired of that, but uh, it is in jest because it's an absolute joke that he didn't win that award. So, uh, yeah, uh, and it was and, the Ozzie Newsome award. And he was also, as you said, named first team all American this year too. So, yeah. And, uh, crazy. you know, they, they, they should have just stayed quiet about it when that list came out and everybody, not even, not just people from Mississippi, not Ole Miss fans, but like national media were like, Hey, uh, then you missed somebody. Yeah. Uh, and they kind of, I guess, I don't know, maybe they made a mistake, maybe they didn't, but they kind of doubled down on it and said that he's a non-traditional tight end. Uh, I think it was Adam Kuffner from Ole Miss's Sports Information Department that tweeted out, this was a really good analogy to me, uh, that's like saying that a quarterback that plays in a shotgun system can't win the Davey O'Brien quarterback award because that's a non-traditional way to line up pre-snap for quarterbacks, although it's more traditional than not today, but... I get, I get what he's saying. Yeah. That's a pretty good analogy. All right, so uh, plenty of things. We'll start off uh, yeah, Mississippi State women's hoops. Uh, erase a 17-point lead uh, over the weekend. Come back and win. Keep their undefeated uh, record uh, intact. And this week when the rankings came out, number five in the Associated Press poll, number six in the coaches poll. Mississippi State, Coach Schaefer, who we've had on the program a couple of times. We need to talk to him again soon. Praise the Lord and go dogs. Uh, they're a top five team in the country, Sam. I mean, they're going to be, uh, depending on how this conference slate works out, they're going to be battling for a one seed. And yeah. it's almost, unless the wheels fly off, they're going to be hosting some NCAA tournament games again at the Humphrey Coliseum. Pretty good uh, pretty good start for them this yeah. season. Not bad, not bad, not a, uh, not a bad start at all for them. And uh, you just wonder, does UConn have uh... – <laughs> Carmelo Anthony playing for them again right. this season, so it's. Uh, I think they started the season not ranked number one. Man, come on, it's not do a poll until they lose a game again. Yeah, I don't. Really, <laughs> I don't know why. Personally, I mean, I guess I get it because you got to write articles and stuff like that. But yeah, college football shouldn't have polls till at least October first. Oh, preach! And uh, college basketball doesn't even need it because they have. And the thing the is that that college football playoff, you set yourself up to get destroyed. Yeah, I don't, when you put out those polls every week or those rankings, it. whatever they're called, and so we've had two situations now this year with the when the they put out the playoffs, the four playoff teams this year, and Ohio State makes it in, uh, in spite of not winning their division or playing in their conference championship game and not winning it and skipping Penn State, who did happen to win Ohio State's division, yeah. and the conference championship game that Ohio yeah. State plays in. And this completely contradicts what they did with TCU in the Big 12 two years ago yeah. when TCU was third and when the playoff rankings, uh, they were third in the last playoff rankings, and then when they picked the teams, TCU was sixth. And the yeah. reason given is because, well, their last game was against Iowa State, who they boat raced like 56-3 to or something like that. 61 and they, to nothing. They didn't play in a conference <laughs> championship game. And now two years later, it's okay for Iowa State to not play in a conference championship game. Oh, my goodness, Sam. Yeah. All right, anyway, I'm going to hop off that soapbox before I get, even get going. All right, so uh, for a while. <laughs> Alcorn played in the SWAC championship game over the weekend, jumped out to a 17-0 lead, looked like they made three-peat. Uh, as SWAC champions, but uh, Grambling, uh, led by Devontae Kincaid, former Ole Miss quarterback, 
uh, comes back and wins and finishes an unbeaten season, a really good year for them uh, in the SWAC. They win the uh, SWAC championship, and they'll play in the Celebration Bowl and uh, ends Alcorn's back-to-back championship run, but they did win a third consecutive division title. And uh, McNair and company, they feel really good about what they have going forward there. Um, uh, Kincaid, if you'll remember, they played Arizona yeah. in Tucson earlier this year. And we're winning. And we're blowing them out. And yeah. then Kincaid yacked a hammy. Uh, it sounds gross. But anyway, uh, he messed up a hamstring and went out, and then they stopped. And Arizona came back and won. But it just showed you how good that team was when he was in and going. Yeah, Devontae uh, Kincaid leading his team to a SWAC championship. And Itavius Mathers led the NCAA uh, in rushing yards and touchdowns, I think, this year. Yeah. So some Rebel Castaways doing some work. Him doing it at Middle Tennessee State. At Middle Tennessee State yeah. and Grambling. So. I think he finished in the top ten in total yardage. But, yeah, like you said, he led rushing. Uh, he led in rushing yards from scrimmage for a lot of the season. Yeah. Started off really, really strong. Uh, JSU beat Southern Miss on Sunday in uh, men's hoops at the AAC. I think that's three in a row. JSU's beating Southern Miss, and it was twice in a row uh, in Jackson for them to win that game. Ole Miss, speaking of Middle Tennessee, after getting run out the gym in the first half against Middle Tennessee, they played awful. Uh, they bounced back and beat Memphis. Yeah, uh, I don't think Memphis is supposed weekend. to be nearly the power yeah. that they are usually, but it's a good win. That's true. Yeah, but it, that and Andy Kennedy, Andy, Andy Kennedy, kind of alluded to it. That's going to ultimately, that's probably going to be the most helpful RPI win that they have in the non-conference, and that's always been the big issue. They're sitting right on the fringe mm-hmm. with RPI at the end of almost every season. How about uh, Cam Akers? In the Ooh, 6A state championship. I know you're excited. Clinton native. Saw uh, it. Clinton graduate. Went to the game. Saw it up close. Up close and man, personal. The, the best player with the biggest spotlight and the most pressure played the game of his life in the biggest game on the biggest stage, relatively speaking. Um, it was an incredible performance. That's what we do in Clinton, Jay. Oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do have uh, 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 three guys that are going to be playing uh, F. FBS football next year. So, uh, I mean, it is more than just Cam Akers. But, man, I mean, after that game, you know, he grabbed the title. He, he, kind of, he didn't want to give it up for a minute, as you see stars do sometimes. And he's, just, he's spending some personal time with that state championship trophy that uh, he largely won. And yeah. I was like, man, he ought to charge those other guys rent just to hold that thing. Uh, but uh, uh, Clinton wins. West Point won their eighth state championship. That ties them for second uh, with Bassfield – and I uh, forgot who the uh, – Louisville, I believe, for second behind South Panola, who has 10 in the playoff era. That's since 1981. Uh, they grounded Laurel's high-flying attack. Uh, weather played a part, but West Point was just really, really good this year. That was the 5A title game. Uh, how about Simmons? You know, we had uh, Tavares Johnson on yep. last week. Uh, they won, uh, finished their second consecutive undefeated season continue the state's longest winning streak, go back-to-back in 1A with a win there against Lumberton. Uh, And then how Dak and the Cowboys, 11 straight wins, and they clinch the NFL's first playoff spot. Yeah, they play the only team that beat them, Eli Manning and the Giants, on Sunday Night Football this week. That's going to be – and look, hey, congratulations, NFL. You finally got a primetime playoff slot (laughs) scheduled correctly. You have two big market teams that are doing well and people care about. I think they flexed it. Well, it's about time. They flexed something. 
Uh, it, it's <laughs> been terrible. Monday night football is just a disaster all it's, of a sudden. It's been bad. I mean, really, really bad. Like, I, they <laughs> they need to figure out a way to flex that, but I guess you can't change a team's date or yeah. something like that. And then tonight, uh, another big game. I don't know how many uh, Mississippians are involved in it, but uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs, an old rivalry renewed as the uh, as the Chiefs and Raiders are battling for the top spot in that uh, that AFC West. I love that the uh, that those two teams are good again, Jay. Yeah, you got uh, uh, Jalen Richard, his Southern yes, Miss, Miss running back, uh, who's uh, with the Raiders there. Uh, Nick Tiano's transferring from Mississippi State. He's going to UT Chattanooga. Yeah, Box. Um, right. Uh, and then you've got um, he'll get to play Bama next year, right, <laughs> next year yeah, before the Iron Bowl. Yeah, congratulations. I guess um, Mitch Moreland signed last night, last night slash yesterday, uh, one year contract I believe to play first base for the Boston Red Sox this year. So leaving the Rangers, a team he had uh, spent, uh, if I'm not mistaken, all of his professional career with to yeah. this point. And uh, Red Sox making some moves, man. They, trying to catch up with trying, my Cubs. Trying to do something. Uh, they're making a lot of moves. You mentioned uh, a note for Southern Miss fans: Jeff Brom, the head coach at Western Kentucky, back to back USA champs. He leaves Western Kentucky and takes the job at Purdue. Power five job, but, uh, you know, very, very close. Uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, West Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, they're very, very close to each other. So he'll stay in the same, essentially the same recruiting region he's been in. And he's making a bunch of hay in over there and have a power five platform, so to speak. Um, and so that's. And Drew Brees. Drew Brees' <laughs> alma mater. That's about the last time they were good was when Drew Brees was there, too. Right. Uh, Joe Tiller era right there. Nice. So that's cool. That's uh, interesting for Southern Miss fans. That's back-to-back CUSA champs as they beat uh, Louisiana Tech 175 to 138 <laughs> in that Conference USA championship. It was 24 to 17 with like five minutes to go in the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, I think it was something like it was like forty four to forty one at halftime. It says beard helmets, crazy. man. You can't. They can't. They throw you off. <laughs> the it's chrome helmets and everything. You can't. You yep. can't focus and know what uh, what's going on with all that stuff. But two last notes: Jimmy Smith week in Jacksonville. Nice. And let me tell you something. Search it on Twitter, and you will see what Jimmy Smith means to that fan base. I mean, he is like one of their all-time favorite players. It's something about he has a connection with that fan base. Oh, yeah, him and Mark Brunel were their, uh, were their team, man. Yeah, Keenan McCardell. Yeah. Uh, I, always, I always hear Pat Summerall say his name in my head for some Keenan McCardell for some reason. But uh, I, I tweeted it out last night, a video of the season the Jaguars finished 14-2, and two, and they sent Dan Marino into retirement with a 62-7 to seven divisional round playoff win. Yeah. In that game, um, that was depressing. I was a Dolphins fan then because <laughs> my cousin worked for the Dolphins uh-huh. front office, and uh, that was sad. Yeah, he had uh, a Patrick Sertan and uh, JJ Johnson, or Patrick Sertain, as he was at Southern Miss, yeah. uh, playing for the Dolphins in that game. And of course, Jimmy caught two touchdowns, went over 100 yards uh, for the Jaguars in that game. And then MACJC two and one in the bowls this year. Uh, Holmes won their bowl game uh, up in Iowa. Uh, East Mississippi won their bowl game. They they will finish number two. The only loss they had this year was that first game of the season when they had, uh, you know, 30-something players suspended. They won every other game after that. And so now they have a sizable winning streak they'll carry into next year. Uh, Northwest also played in the bowl. They dropped that by 10 points over in Texas. But uh, you have uh, uh, East Mississippi finishes second in the final top 20. Northwest sixth. Holmes seventh. Northeast tenth. And Itawamba finishes 19th. So, like I said, tons of stuff going on yeah. around the Mississippi sports world this year.
A lot of week, a lot of this stuff. week. Yeah, just, seems uh, like a year. All of the stuff just, we just went through. Just uh, just this week. Uh, what do you think about those? Uh, and we'll go to break here uh, after this. But Ole Miss wearing these uh, track basketball uniforms, kind of old school looking. Oh, terrible. You but it's like not. That? It's not Ole Miss. It's that it's distributor because a bunch yeah. of teams are wearing them. Nike's got a, got that stuff too. Yeah. So it's yeah. From the I, back, Sam, they look like sports bras. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. You can't uh, like the 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 names on the back are very like tightly spaced. You have to because to like the the, the the uniform on the back it like fits around the shoulder blades. Yeah, it's called. That's what I'm saying. It's called like a track. It's called like that's the ridiculous. track. The track and field yeah. fit or whatever. Interesting. Know. Yeah. Seems it's, like they would try for basketball fit. Yeah, I don't well, know. That's just know, me. You don't know what basketball uh, uniforms are anymore. They're going to go all the way back now to wear like you know the shorts are real the tiny high shorts. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be <laughs> wild. The, the the Scotty Williamson uh, stuff from from the Arkansas oh, days yeah. are going to be over. Wow, that's awesome! Great pull right there. Yeah. Well, uh, after I said Barney Fife earlier, I had to pull something <laughs> uh, that made somewhat of a, that made some sense. That's all right. All right, so we'll take a break here when we come back. We've got uh, a great lineup for you. We have Brett Delaney, Executive Director of the St. Petersburg Bowl, uh, coming up next. And he went to Mississippi State, by the way. Yeah, golfer. Uh, or pretty, he, uh, I know he, he majored in golf management. Yeah. What a, what a major. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, worked out for him. <laughs> Billy Ferrante, the New Orleans Bowl Executive Director, on around 1030, uh, 1035, and then about 10 minutes later, uh, Ole Miss All-American and Connerly Trophy winner Evan Ingram will be on the program. Thanks for listening this Thursday morning with Sam Wells. I'm Jay White. It's MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. Listen to stories and shows. Go to mpbonline.org. It's MPB Season Pass on MPB Think Radio with Jay White. I'm Sam Wells. We are proud to welcome the Executive Director of the St. Petersburg Bowl, Brett Delaney. To the program with us today, Mississippi State will take on Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks, on the 26th of December. Brett, thank you so much for joining us today, and you have a little bit in, at stake here. You are a Mississippi State alum, so welcome back to the state of Mississippi, sort of, as you're on MPB Think Radio. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about uh, the opportunity. I know it's got to be uh, fun for you. Uh, I mean, first off, cool job, executive director of a uh, college football bowl game. But to be able to have... It's also in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is good. That, that, that also helps, certainly. <laughs> but uh, now you get um, the school that you graduated from uh, to be able to participate in the bowl that you uh, uh, help put on every year. How, that must be a pretty cool experience. Yeah, it's a unique experience. You know, I, don't, I really don't know how often that's happened or, 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 you know, how many people have had the opportunity to do that. It's definitely special and humbling, and um, I have a lot of fond memories from Mississippi State, a lot of great friendships. But, you know, since the invent of Facebook and Twitter and all that, it's great to be able to keep in touch with a lot of my friends. And um, it's been great to, to, to have a bunch of people reach back out to me and see how I'm doing and look for tickets, and <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> this, is a, this is an interesting game. It is one of a, a handful of bowl games that is played at a baseball stadium, although it is not uh, like one of the other games that is Yankee Stadium. It's a Tropicana Field, which, uh, you know, when built, was built to be able to do a handful of different things, but it's 
the current home of the Tampa Bay Rays of Major League Baseball. Uh, but uh, that, that must be pretty interesting. It, it's got to be comfortable for the fans, certainly, uh, not in the, uh, the the rainy season in Florida or, you know, too cold weather or, or too hot or too balmy or whatever it is, but it'll be nice and comfortable inside the Tropicana Field there. Yeah, they will. It's, you know, it's, it's some, one of the things people don't know, it's the lightning capital world, Tampa Bay. There's, there's more lightning strikes here than anywhere else. It's, mm. it's unbelievable. So mm. for them to have a dome here in the summertime is a necessity, out of, you know, especially for baseball. In the wintertime, it's great. Um, you know, it doesn't rain a whole lot here. It's usually really sunny um, during the winter months here. And, and to, you know, to play inside, you know, 73, 74 degrees is actually fantastic. The stadium sets up pretty well. You know, it's a retrofit a stadium to bring in field goal nets and put uh, field goal posts in. Um, augment the locker rooms, bring in, you know, um, game clocks, et cetera, et cetera. It takes a little bit of, of time to do that, but at the same time, it, you know, just like you mentioned a little bit earlier, being at a baseball stadium, the, ste- the, the seats are steeper, so it's more intimate, um, and it's a great place to watch college football. Very cool. I'd not thought of it in that, in that sense, but, yeah, that will be uh, a, lot, a lot of uh, fun for the fans there. Mississippi State comes in 5-7, and seven, a season that was sub-500, but because of – uh, some of the other conferences not filling out their bowl allotment or uh, succeeding in getting the number of bowl-eligible teams. Mississippi State was afforded to go to a bowl game this year. It's nice to have somebody uh, in the southeast to come play in the bowl. Our typical affiliations are with the ACC and the American Athletic Conference, and both of those uh, both those organizations filled all their slots, and we were able to get we had the opportunity to get one you know one or both of those teams. But you know, in the football bowl association, we're all we're all a team, right? So. We work together to put the best matchups where people can drive, you know, from the respected areas closer to a certain bowl instead of us, you know, instead of sending you guys out to California, Hawaii, or whatever. <laughs> you know, a lot of times we'll work with other bowl games to to make it a drivable um, situation for the fans, and and that's one of the things that we try to do. We try not only our bowl game but all the bowl games, and just make it a situation where where fans it's fan friendly and people can go and join themselves. And Brad Jay touched on it a little bit. Mississippi State coming into this game a five and seven team. Uh, a rarity in that a losing a team with a losing record is going uh, to a bowl game. Uh, describe the bowl selection setup here for this game. I know uh, it has a lot to do with APR, and maybe uh, a lot of folks would say maybe rewarding a team with a losing record is not good, but you're rewarding a team who makes good grades, and the bowl is not just a football game, so to speak, either in the community. No, it's definitely not. It's you know, there's a couple things, right? It's an opportunity for both teams to come down to the state of Florida and recruit, and you know, obviously Florida is one of the hotbeds for. For, for, for football and recruiting um, in the country. Um, it's an opportunity for, for these, these teams to show off their universities, to bring alumni down. There's a lot of alumni in the state from both, uh, both schools. Uh, but it's really good for the community. It's good for the community you know, during one of the slowest hotel weeks of the year. There's a certain economic impact. Um, and it's, it's, it's a great marketability for, for not only um, – especially on ESPN. It's a great marketability for our area. right? So we're seen in over 100 countries around the world. So it's a great showcase for not only the teams but also – you know, what we have to offer in Tampa Bay with Bush Gardens, the beaches, you know, Disney's an hour away. There's a great, there's, there's, there's a lot of rewards for us there. So let me ask you about what all the, the bowl does during the course of the year outside of just uh, the week or so or the couple of weeks where you find out what schools are going to be coming and what fans are going to be coming, but what you do during the course of the rest of the calendar year, uh, as Sam alluded to just a minute ago, with, with what the bowl does with the community. Absolutely. Most people think I work maybe two or three days a year. So that's really, it's really comical. <laughs> pick, pick the team, show up for the games, and there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really don't do anything. They show up and we put on a football game. That's about it. So, uh, no, no. In all honesty, it's it's you no know, great question. So, 
you know, one of our responsibilities is being an ESPN bowl. We actually have a group of three or four people that run the bowl here and we actually live in the community. We're part of the community. And part of our job is to go out and raise awareness for the bowl to sell sponsorships and, and become partners in the community with hotels and venues and uh, business leaders alike um, and have the opportunity to, uh, on behalf of ESPN and, and our conference affiliates, to go out and share what we do and, and how we do it. It's, um, it's a really unique opportunity, and we have a lot of events throughout the course of the year with our sponsors. Um, a lot of our bowl committee members, it's an opportunity for them to, to bring in new sponsors, new partners. Uh, but it's really, um, it's, you know, with, with three or four of us in a five million person, uh, six county area, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to grow our game. And, and that's what we try to do. What will be there for uh, Mississippi State and Miami University fans, uh, you know, say the couple of days leading up to the game? Are there going to be any specific events around the community that are tied to the game? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we we try to get the teams out there in the community as much as possible. One of the one of the events we have is, is Christmas Eve. It's actually Madeira Beach Day. It's out on the beach. Um, really great little community. Uh, the public's welcome to come out there. It's it's noon to about three or four. Uh, the players will be out there doing different things and different competitions, whether it be hula hoop or dance offs or you know we we'll get the quarterback throwing um, throwing water balloons for the the receivers trying to catch them in buckets. It's a really really fun event. And they get to go out and, you know, put their toes in the water a little bit. You know, you and I, well, and I don't know about you, but for me, it's a little cold down here this time of year. It's, you know, the water's probably 65. People come down from up north, they think it's, you know, it's a heat wave. So, <laughs> you know, most of the players most of the players will be in the water splashing, having a good time. I'll probably be in long pants and a jacket, you know, just to give you an idea. Um, we also, you know, take the kids to Bush Gardens, which is a great, great opportunity. A lot of times, you know, kids don't have the opportunity to go to, to parks and, this is an unbelievable, um, unbelievable park down here. All these roller coasters. The kids love roller coasters. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. Last year we, we had Marshall in our game, and I, I, I rode. I took my son out there, and we, we rode a roller coaster with a couple of Marshall, Marshall guys. And one was a defensive end, and he was a man. And, and, and <laughs> I had another one who was a backup linebacker who was, who was kind of screaming a little bit. But it was, it was really fun <laughs> to watch. That really is funny. Well, yes, it will be. The folks from Oxford, oh, by the way, it's just, yeah, yeah it Oxford, Ohio. Starkville and Oxford oh, ironic, right? are yeah. getting together for the bowl game here. All right, well, all sorts of local time. It's also uh, the high uh, today in Starkville is 45 degrees, so I'm sure uh, that the Mississippi State Bulldog team and fans will love being uh, in St. Petersburg, Florida. And, uh, Brett, just uh, to clarify, even though we are going to be in a dome, uh, a, a smaller dome stadium, cowbells are in, being encouraged to be, uh, be brought, correct? That is correct. Cowbells are welcome. Brett Delaney, Executive Director, St. Petersburg Bowl. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a great day. You get tickets to that bowl game at uh, Mississippi State's website, healthstate.com. We'll be back to talk New Orleans Bowl with the executive director of the New Orleans Bowl. Coming up next, it's MPB's Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to MPB Season Pass on Think Radio. I'm Jay White with Sam Wells. Thanks for listening on this Thursday morning. Billy Ferrante is with us. Southern Miss going to be playing the uh, Louisiana Lafayette uh, Raging Cajuns, or I guess it's the, La- uh, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, as they prefer to be called. Ms. Ferrante, thank you so much for your time. How are you? 
I'm doing great, guys. I appreciate the time. You've got to be really excited about having a matchup with two teams that are very close by and have a lot of ties to the Crescent City and the general area there. It's a great regional matchup for us, and you know, you're right. In addition to the, the relative geography of the schools, each being, what, an hour and a half and an hour and two hours away, and the ability of the fan bases there to be able to travel, there's a lot of local and, and regional alumni base for each of the two schools. Just the interest that we've seen here uh, in the New Orleans area since announcing the matchup has been significant. But you always hope that you, at least on one side, can have that real close regional tie, and we're fortunate this year that we've got two. How does the bowl selection process work uh, for some of the bowls that sit in front of you, and then when it falls to you and, and you know, kind of what you're looking at and as a group, what it is that uh, is enticing to you about what, what and who you can choose to come to the bowl? Well, the process is one that happens throughout the course of the season, with and, and the conference offices are, are very much you know involved. The conversation we have with them regularly as the season progresses about you know bowl eligible teams, potentially eligible teams. Um, on the Sun Belt Conference side, we the New Orleans Bowl we have the first pick, so uh, we we can pretty much pick whichever team that we want. And then on the Conference USA side, it's more of a them taking their bowl eligible teams and their bowl partners and trying to find the right matchup and you know considerations given to have they been in that bowl recently uh what's the geography what does the opponent on the other side look like from our perspective it's like putting a puzzle together and the pieces each year typically are the same it's uh record standing in the conference geography proximity uh fan base have they been to our game? Is there a regular season matchup that you might be needing to to be be attentive to? And from year to year, you know the the importance or the size of each of those pieces of the puzzle may change depending on that particular year. And you know this year, while we have two six and six teams, it's two six and six teams that we couldn't be happier to have. And you know we think that they're both much better than what their records indicate and uh, you know suspect that we'll have a pretty good matchup on the field and we expect the electricity in the city for a day or two to be uh, you know as, as as good as we've ever had speaking with Billy Ferrante who's the director of the New Orleans Bowl Billy you say the day or two the day before and we're here to, to promote this bowl game and uh, boy the uh, the Friday night concert it's got like a 90s on 9 all-star feel to it with the Gin Blossoms and Better Than Ezra. Had, first of all, how would you land these two bands? Better Than Ezra, of course, a huge cult following in the southeast. And uh, who else is going to be playing alongside them in the Gin Blossoms on that Friday night concert, which I believe is December the 16th? Where is the concert also? It's going to be at Champion Square at 7 o'clock, and it's, it's a free concert to the public. And that concert exists for a couple of reasons. One, uh, as a way for this bowl to connect uh, with locals and create an event around the whole bowl week of activities that locals can come out and be a part of and the other the other reason for creating it was so that the fan bases of the two schools when maybe sitting on the fence about making a decision about whether to to come here and support their team that hopefully this event gives them a reason to to sway in favor of coming here and we've done it this will be our i believe our fifth year and uh we're actually promoting the concert this year in partnership with Live Nation, who is kind of the 
the beast in the entertainment and music industry. There's a, a Live Nation New Orleans office here that we've got a close relationship with, and they were they they were more than instrumental. They actually are the ones that booked the bands for us, and we're looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good time. Let me ask you about uh, you know what all the purpose of the bowl is from a calendar year round perspective. I think for a lot of sports fans. Uh, you know, the bowl maybe comes into, you know, their conscious, uh, their consciousness for a couple of weeks during December. But I know there's a lot of, of really purposeful stuff that uh, uh, yours and many of the bowls do on a year-round basis. Yeah, and that's not exclusive to us. You're right that that happens with every bowl, that there's a year-round presence that you have in the community, in your city. Uh, there's a number of youth outreach events that we're involved with. We actually partner with the Sugar Bowl and the Sun Belt Conference on a, uh, a youth football clinic that happens in the summer right around the time of the Sun Belt Conference media days. And each of their head coaches and a couple of key players come out. And uh, the past year we had, well, I want to say, about 800 kids out at that clinic. But there's a number of events like that that happen. And, and yeah, the you know, the bowls are, are so much more in a community and mean so much more to a community than just the week of and the day of the game. Let me ask you about uh, the viability of this game. It's coming up near, I mean, it's near 20 years now for the New Orleans Bowl. I know, you know Southern Miss fans have been there. I mean, this is going to be, you know, like five times Southern Fifth Miss has time. been to this, this bowl game. The corporate sponsorship has been really good. It's got a, a, a great stadium, a great town that you play in. It's, uh, the, the bowl has, has kind of uh, nestled into a, a really good situation, uh, and uh, it's it, – being around as long as it has, it's it's pretty. It's building a reputation. When we set out day one, that was what we wanted to do: was to create a couple of things. One, a name for ourselves in the local community, but we wanted to make sure that everything that we did and that we continue to do is to provide the best experience for the student athletes and and the fan bases when they're here. And I think we've done a good job of doing that. Now we're we're fortunate in that we play in this city with so much to do, and that we play in what I think is one of the most iconic sports venues in the world so much adds to the to the experience for the kids when they're here and you know we actually don't probably have the number of official bowl events on our calendar that some others do because we don't want to compete with new orleans and uh, you know when you try to do that you lose yeah. we've, we've we've found that out and we know that people want to come here and they want to see the french quarter and they want to go you know see all the other events and attractions and the restaurants and the clubs and um you know, we 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 want to we want to let them ex- experience that when they're here. But um, you know, we've we've had a title sponsor that this will be their eleventh uh, year with us, and we are I think they're one of the longest tenured title sponsors. If you look at partnerships with bowls, and they have been uh, the perfect sponsor when it comes to actually wanting to have ownership of the game understanding that it's still ours but really wanting to grow the game and and its image and its brand and um you know we couldn't have asked for a for a better partner billy for southern miss fans and maybe even some uh, louisiana lafayette fans in the bottom half of the state of mississippi how do uh, folks go about getting tickets to the game and uh does that include a ticket to see better than ezra and the gin blossoms is what i'd like to know (laughs) (laughs) well uh, you know, there's tickets available on Ticketmaster.com, but then you know each of the two schools has has a significant ticket allotment that they're they're needing to sell. So if you're a, a fan of either one of the two schools and want to sit 
behind their sideline, I suggest maybe contacting the athletic department. But there's, there are plenty of tickets outside of that that are available on Ticketmaster. Uh, and it does not include a ticket to Jim, uh, Jim Blossoms and Better Than Ezra because it's a free concert. Yeah, so right. all you got to do is show up. All right, Billy Ferrante, executive director for the New Orleans Bowl, December the 17th, Southern Miss and Lafayette will battle in the uh, in the Superdome. Thanks a lot, Billy, for joining us this morning. Okay, guys, thank you. Man, I'd love to go to that uh, to go to that concert. We'll be right back. We'll have all everything tied in. Evan Ingram, we spoke to him before the Connolly Trophy presentation. Had a little bit of an inkling that he might win that. Uh, so we got his thoughts on winning the Connolly Trophy and. His career at Ole Miss. It's MPB Season Pass on MPB Think Radio. MPB season pass with Jay White. I'm Sam Wells. Proud to welcome tight end Evan Ingram to the program. Evan just completed his senior season with Ole Miss and is headed to Jackson for the Connerly Trophy presentation. Evan, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Uh, no problem. It's my pleasure. What's your favorite lasting memory from your time at Ole Miss? Uh, man, this definitely, uh, I would definitely have to say the Alabama win two years ago in Oxford. Uh, that will always go down as uh, my number one. The students are pouring onto the field. Ole Miss has knocked off number one Alabama. I would honestly say the A&M game this year. That was a, that was a pretty special moment for us. Big win for us. Here's the kick. He's got the distance. It's on its way. And it's good! And the Rebels have taken a 29-28 lead with 37 seconds left to play. Uh, those two are probably my top two uh, moments uh, of my time being here. Be honest with me here. How many snaps did you take uh, as a possible quarterback that week leading into the Texas a <laughs> game? I took zero snaps before, but I, I was honestly kind of excited thinking that like I was actually going to get some reps, but I didn't end up getting any. I was, I was a little upset. You know, with that game brought uh, the arrival of Shea Patterson, who uh, will take your place in 2017? What should Rebel fans look for on the field at, t- at the tight end position? We have so much talent in that room that's ready to uh, they're ready to show their stuff. I mean, we have uh, we had three true freshmen. Um, this year, and, and, and Octavius Cooley, uh, Gabe Angel, and, uh, and Jacob Mathis, so those three are going to be really good. Um, two, Gabe and, and Jacob are registered, and Octavius got some playing time. So um, this experience with those three are going to be huge, especially the spring. And then another guy, um, and, uh, and Dalton Knox, uh, he's, he's, he, was a first, he was a registered freshman this year and got some playing time as well. He's, uh, he's definitely uh, probably my favorite out of all of them. Uh, I, I, I always mess with him. Uh, how he's trying to be better than me and stuff. And then we got a top, top quick. He's going to be there next year. He's going to be kind of the old head leader of the room. 
So I mean, I, I think I think a lot of a lot of good things are going to come from all those guys. What lessons have you learned from this season? Of course, a lot of injuries, including uh, one happening to you in the Vanderbilt game. It caused you to miss the Egg Bowl adversity. Uh, more losses than you guys probably thought you were going to have this season. Uh, what have you learned from all this uh, adversity throughout the year? I definitely learned a lot. I would probably say just uh, how to just keep working, um, even when even when times aren't ideal for yourself or for uh, uh, something that you're a part of. I mean, we, we lost a lot of games this year, very disappointing, but we started to show up to work the next day and get things done and keep fighting. So um, I think I definitely learned uh, patience and, and, and probably uh, perseverance through tough times and, and continuing to work hard each and every day. When you found out that Ole Miss nominated you for the Connolly Trophy, what did that mean to you? Uh, I, I was honored. I mean, from the, from Laquan, I think, was honored. It was uh, nominated last year. And, and just, just the history of this award and, and the kind of uh, the, and all the traditions through this state, so many great uh, programs in this state, and so many great players have been through this state. And um, to be a Georgia guy and come over here and make a name for myself to be, uh, be nominated for this award is a huge honor. And speaking of that, you know, Georgia guy, do you know much about Chunk and Charlie Connolly before you were nominated for this? And it has to be real special, him being a former Ole Miss Rebel as well. Uh, yeah, I know he's an Ole Miss, an Ole Miss great. And uh, like I said, I mean, just to even be a part of this uh, this tonight that he's on. And Evan, if, uh, and we'll let you get out of here with this one. If you win this award tonight, I know obviously individual awards are not your your thing. You'd rather be uh, going back to the Sugar Bowl again like Ole Miss did <laughs> a season ago. It, w- will it be a little bit of a positive to uh, really tie a bow on your Ole Miss career and bring some hardware back to the team that did not win as much as you maybe uh, thought you were? Definitely. I think uh, personally, you know, I, I decided to come back for my senior year and I, I took pride putting in a lot of work and leading my guys and and, uh, and having a better season and, and producing a lot more for myself uh, on the field. And um, I think winning this award, uh, not only um, will it uh, be a big thing for me, I think it'll be a huge thing for our team and our university. And just to, just to be labeled a, a Connerly Trophy winner, um, it, it'll definitely be a huge honor for uh, myself and especially the university. I guess I can say former Ole Miss Rebel tight end. We prepared <laughs> yeah. yourself for the uh, NFL draft. Good luck in your future career, man, and thanks a lot for taking some time out and joining us here on MPB Season Pass. Uh, thank you very much. Guy's going to be good at handling the media, man. Yeah, he's slick, man. He's, he's great. He's a good interview. And, of course, Ole Miss uh, tight end Evan Ingram did win the Connolly Trophy, so uh, we spoke with him when they were driving down here to Monsoon uh, last Monday. Yeah, uh, how so, about that? So uh, he did win the award, and uh, credit to him, man. He was very uh, tough season for Ole Miss, uh, and for him as well. Being a senior, he came back to try and win the West, and that uh, obviously did not happen. <laughs> so, well, uh, I mean, their season—it's one of the strangest ones in it. I mean, it, I don't know. It kind of plays into uh, the news that you broke. Yeah, well, you didn't, well I, you didn't break it, but um, that we shared the news that broke uh, right toward the beginning of our show. Uh, that uh, Ole Miss now looking for an offensive and defensive coordinator and uh, their recruiting specialist uh, is gone as well. So, uh, you know, interesting, I, I noticed that the Major League, the Baseball Writers Association of America announced that starting next year, seven days after the Hall of Fame vote, all of the votes will go public. Ooh. I think the, uh, the C Spire Awards, I think that should be the case for them. Yeah, something needs to be done and revamped about the C Spire Awards. I'm not here to clown on either one of them um, or, wh- or, or, or what, but I know when I first initially started working here at MPB, they were televised on our station, on our television station. Um, it, it was a big 
awards ceremony uh, with big guest hosts uh, from Ron Franklin to Dave Neal uh, to uh, there was some yeah. other there were a couple other hosts too that I, that I just don't come to mind right off the top of my head. But um, and now Jay, I found out about that award. Somebody texted me like. 30 minutes after it happened, like, you know, 30 minutes to an hour after it happened. And uh, I just feel like it falls off. The, it's fallen completely off the Mississippi sports calendar. Totally. Well, the problem is, is that. Um, yeah, I mean, we only have like five minutes left in the show, so we don't have time to get well, into all the Well, it's the, the year Juan Joseph won for Millsaps. You had a couple of Ole Miss Rebels that were going to go pro, but they played non-skill positions. And a lot of people feel like they split the vote. Neither one yeah. of them won. And then you had a guy playing in a ball that won. And a bunch of people were real mad about that. And so basically since then, um, they changed it to where the each each school gets one nominee and every school can only nominate one player. Yeah. So they fixed it to appease some people who were mad because they didn't get picked. And so now everybody gets a ribbon. Yeah. And it, it's I'll be honest with you, I mean, it's still a meaningful award and they get it right for the most part. But I mean, no doubt, the way that they kind of rearranged it has diluted. It, yeah. It's, it's diluted know, the process. I don't know when you have to turn the awards in um, because uh, or, or, or the votes in. Um, but uh, you know, last year may have had more of the more of a, uh, a cr- not crazy winner because obviously Dak Prescott's a great uh, quarterback. But I mean, uh, you know, Chad Kelly had one of the best seasons in SEC football history, and he was it, the votes were already in before you know the week before, and then I, I don't know, it, it doesn't. The whole thing doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. In well, that, yeah, I uh, mean, if the, if the candidates are nominated after the Egg Bowl, I mean, and, I, and we you, have you got to think that Nick, Nick Fitzgerald is yeah. Mississippi State's nominee and not Fred Ross, yeah. and Fred Ross wound up being a finalist. Yeah, I, you know, and I don't understand that either. I don't know why it's given Tuesday. I mean, what happens if uh, you know, God forbid, Ole Miss or Mississippi State make the SEC championship game, or last year Southern Miss made the Conference USA title game and they still had to uh, fit this in on Tuesday night, the week of the title game? I, it makes no sense to me. I don't understand it. Now let me ask you this: you you talked to the MHSAA earlier this week. You had an interesting question. You said, hey, what are the teams that win the football championships? Like, what do they get Yeah. besides the trophy at the end of the game? Well, I was curious, so I ended up calling our, our buddy uh, Todd Kelly over there at uh, at the at the uh, and Ledger. See, I'm, I'm, I'm old oh, school. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm going back in time. Uh, and, and called him and asked him. Basically, this is what happens when you win the state championship. All right, are you ready for this? Uh-huh. The two teams that play in the title game split the gate. Ooh. That's it. No, there's no cash prize for winning the title. It's just splitting the gate at the at the uh, at the championship game. You get a trophy, obviously, and you get winners' medallions, and you get a banner. The rest of it is up to you. So I believe the Clinton Arrows will be in the Clinton Christmas Parade uh, Saturday, and a cool Christmas parade it's going to be. It's going to be cold in Clinton. And the Arrow Booster Club or school are responsible for the rings, if there are some. And he said ninety some odd percent uh, give rings to the school to the state champs. There are some that don't. Ah, mercy. Maybe like one. <laughs> yeah, nowadays, some teams get rings for going to the quarterfinals or something like that. Our thanks yeah. to Brett Delaney from the St. Petersburg Bowl, uh, Billy Ferrante from the New Orleans Bowl, Evan Ingram, All-American from Ole Miss, and Sam Wells for producing this all up. I'm Jay White. Thanks for listening to Season Pass. We'll be back next Thursday at 10 on MPB Think Radio.